The Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. And the courage to grow is business. MTN Business, a new world of business. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. This is the show for entrepreneurs at every part of their journey, whether you're just starting up or you are one of those businesses that are battling to get to the next level. We are continuing our live version of the show here at the Tiso Blackstar head office in in Joburg. And uh, we are now, um, instead of the panel, we are going to the audience to ask any question relating to small business. With me on my panel, here is our regular finance guru, Kumaran Padiachi, who is the CEO of uh, uh, Spartan SME Finance. I got it right this time. There we are, very good. And uh, somebody new on, on uh, this part of the show, she's been on the show before, is Pusileto Modimukhale, who is our marketing guru. Right, we're going to go to audience. We've got a number of questions in the audience. We're going to start with you, sir. Uh, thank you. My name is Mashudu. I run a, a guest house and conference center in Toyando in Limpopo province. My, my first question is about the show. I've been a, a religious follower of the show, I think, for the past three years. And uh, having la- watched the last uh, episode last week, I think there have been major changes to the show. I, I want to find out when is the show going back to its original 50 minutes and focusing on uh, interviewing the entrepreneurs. Based on seven years, we've been doing this for seven years, we're trying to mix it up a bit, make it a bit more fresh and engage more with the audience. So you will see us coming to businesses now, coming to your offices instead of them being uh, in, in studio all the time. Next question. Hi, um, my name is Belinda. Um, thanks for such a great show. Um, my question is for you, Alan. Um, I have a new business that I've started. It's called Well, and it's for employee well-being consulting. And I've only really been going for the past two weeks. And you say you support businesses in every phase of their journey. Mm. So I was wondering, when would I be able to come onto the show to draw on your guys' wealth of expertise and information? Um, when would be the earliest that I could write in to come be on your show? So I, th- I think for me, uh, the, the answer is that it's all based on an on a individual-by-individual basis. But to get the best value from the show, m- my advice to you would be to wait at least six months with some sort of turnover, because when we ask you questions, we would want you to answer from a base of experience, okay, as to what you've experienced. Because we don't, you know, when we sit on the show, you can imagine after seven years, how many people we've interviewed in all sorts of industries, from pharmaceutical to, to, to chickens to, to, to every type of business. We cannot be experts in every business. So, so we look at the fundamentals of the business. That's our lens, is looking at the fundamental of the business. If you don't know that, I can't answer anything about wellness. You will know better about wellness than I will. But we will, the three of us will be able to discern if from a business, basic business process you are following certain rules. And we'd want you to have some sort of experience around that. 
Next. Hi there, I'm also Belinda. Um, I just want, I have a question for all three of you. Um, I think the biggest frustration or challenge that I have in my business is finding people. Um, what are some of your success stories on finding the right people? You know, we always have to hand over and stop getting bogged down by the nitty-gritty and the daily operations. How do you surround yourself with, with good people to, to, you know, take over those sort of responsibilities? Come on. Uh, let's start with you. Okay. For me, I would say let, find people who understand your why. Those who will be aligned to your vision and who will definitely come into work as a team player, not as an employee. That's key because at the end of the day, when they understand why they are there and it speaks to their values, it speaks to what, why they exist themselves, they will drive the vision. It's, a, it's an ongoing challenge to find the right people at different stages in the business. And I would say for entrepreneurs, the biggest part is finding a, a culture fit because you're getting people that want to aspire to be into the corporate belts and braces and uh, that's got its own path and, uh, and ticket and whatever you and uh, the entrepreneurial space has got a different set of challenges so you, they, have to ha they have to have a, a resonance with your purpose or your why and you're not going to get that all the time so it's a constant challenge as you're growing it's going to continue as to how you find them sometimes a bit of luck eh? sometimes we find gems I got a gem in the in the room here that it happens by by luck and uh, but you've got to be proactive at it all the time I use LinkedIn quite a bit also helps thank you and for, for me, I think what's important, I, I won't repeat what, uh, what has been said so far, but for me, maybe a different angle to look at this is that the fact that you have to believe that you have something valuable to offer and that you won't take the first person who will accept that, that uh, salary. And as, as small businesses, sometimes we're just so excited that someone will actually work for us. <laughs> uh, but what I, I, I find is that, that very often doing the, the, the checks is one of the most important things that you do when you phone and do the reference checks. Very often in the reference checking, they will give you their references, their mate that worked there, not the person that they, they actually worked for. So it requires a bit of investigation as to who they worked for and then ask that person or a, a number of people in terms of references. You know, just to give you a sense of how seriously we take it now, we have in terms of our mentors, our guides, one in 104 applications is accepted. Because we want the right people. And, and we do that because you want the right quality in your business. It helps you grow. Don't choose the first person that says yes. Next. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Nkata Komatebula. Um, I've actually got a follow-up question to the question that Belinda asked. Um, and my question is, as an employer, if you've now gone through the process and you've employed this person um, and your business is at a stage where you cannot handle everything by yourself alone. So you actually need somebody, but the person is underperforming. At what stage do I say, okay, I'd rather let go of you and spin in my own little world while trying to find the next right person? Or do I say, okay, well, you know, I'd rather keep them there even though they're doing 60% of the job because at least they're doing 60% that I then don't have to worry about. You know the answer to that question. Really yeah, everyone here knows the answer to that question. Yeah. So, so just to just uh, uh, okay. just to, just on that is that um, fell fell quickly um, fell quickly with with people. But you have to look at one thing yourself in terms of who, if you've given that person the highest chance of succeeding. Okay. If you haven't, then you might have to do both. Let that person go and make sure that the next time that you do it. 
that you ensure that you have given them the best chance to actually succeed in that role. We have to take a break now. Uh, when we're back, we're going to continue conversa uh, conversation with the audience and, and get more questions. the Big Small Business Show. We continue our live audience questions here at the TSO Blackstar head office in Joburg. We go to our next question. It's uh, you, sir. Uh, hi. Good evening. Oh, afternoon. <laughs> uh, my name is Jaku uh, from a company called Zeroff Energy. Um, my question is going to be about uh, investors uh, because we've created a new sector in the market that is never there. Took us about a year and a half to perfect, and took us about a year and seven months to get our first client. Uh, so things are going very fast, very quickly at the moment. Um, and it's at a pace where I either have to slow down and continue and do this, or I can really speed this up and take on the bigger companies in the essence of ESCOM. Uh, so my thing is I'm trying to get investors, investors, investors. Um, and because we haven't had a big track record, because there was no market like this before, there's no model like this, there's no anything about this, we are really struggling. Well, it's getting to a point where it's becoming easier. But how can I get a big investor so I can make this happen very faster and not give too much equity away? Come on, let's start with you to answer that and we'll move through. You know, this funding thing is a... Uh there's no easy switch that you can flick, especially, so you've got to be mentally prepared for not easy, because everyone, it's it's, everyone has a bit of difficulty with it. The second thing is, uh, what is your, is your thing viable? You've only got one customer, have they signed up? Oh, no, no, there's, there's a few now. There's a few. There's a few, there's, there's, there's a, a few, few now. Okay, I've got over 250 in the pipeline now. Right. Just, let, me, let me put it in perspective quickly. Quickly. So our goal in the five year, which is only 9% of the energy of South Africa, is two billion in turnover. So the goal is massive, and I can do that with just a small investment in the beginning. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a long road, number one. Number two, you need to have someone in your executive team or yourself to do those funding proposals and going knocking on those doors. If you, if you fail with one funder, figure out why you fail, get input from them, readjust your pitch, take that lessons to her, go to the next one. You fail there and then so you get you know, to, uh, to the level that you want. Also, this thing is taken in bite sizes. So I don't know how much money you want to funding. Sometimes people want to go for gold initially when it can go phase one and then two and three. So um, in, I, I sense the urgency and stuff like an expectation in your language, in your voice. That's why I'm trying to temper you mm. in terms Patience of Patience is not a bit right. Okay. Yeah, from, from, oh, sorry, you want to carry on? No. So from our perspective as well, to me, you have to look at yourself as well. To ask yourself why is it that you aren't getting the, the, the funding of these investors in, is it the fact that you are... Uh, you're too precious about the equity, and, and, and you, you've got some story going on in your head. If you look at um, Adrian Gore, who, you know, and in terms of he's got, I think it's 6 or 8% of, of discovery, he's a very wealthy man with, with that. So, so a lot of us, uh, businesses that are looking for funding hold their equity to too preciously. 
The second point that I want to make is around the fact that if you're looking for an investor, don't look for money. Look for an investor that brings something else to you, like a market or market access, like um, expertise, like something additional to money. Those are the better long-term investors to, to, to find. I was actually going to say that that you sometimes you need to approach the the people with with the value they can bring into your business more than it is about them funding money because in the long run if they can bring that value money will start being attracted into your business. Fantastic, thank you. Next question. Hi, my name is Johannika. Um, one of the speakers earlier spoke about the difference between being an entrepreneur or a startup business to a business owner. So what's the biggest mind shift that you need to make from I'm running my own business, yeah, I'm running it versus being the owner of your business and helping other people or other people helping you to run your business? In my opinion, there are three types of entrepreneurs. There's the, the survivalists, the lifestylists and the growth entrepreneurs. The the survivalist, if you look at an X, Y axis and in terms of their actual ability to survive uh, on the Y axis and their desire for growth on the X axis. Survivalists don't have any desire to grow. It's a one-man band, excuse the, the gender reference there, one-person band, um, and they have no desire to grow. Lifestylists are generally smaller businesses but it's about control. It's about your relationship with control and where the value lies between the two. In other words, if you've got a, 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 the entrepreneur and the client, the entrepreneur provides value and the client provides uh, uh, money back. The value is created through the entrepreneur. In a growth business, the value is created through a business. It's not created through the individual. Now, many people fool themselves that I've got a PTY and therefore it is invoicing. But when you look at where the value is sourced, if the value is sourced from the entrepreneur, you are a lifestyle business. Okay. Now, very often people think that a lifestyle is, is worse than a growth business. It's not. It's just different and it has different strategies. A lifestyle business, the strategy is around specialization. If you're a doctor or you're a specialist, a heart surgeon, which one makes more money? So the lifestyle businesses I always encourage from a strategy point of view to, to specialize. Growth businesses are about actually more and more delivery of value outside of the, the entrepreneur through the business. The question that I ask you here is, have any of you had a Coca-Cola product in the last months? Everyone in this audience will say yes. Who is the CEO of Coca-Cola globally? Not one of you know. Okay. And because you don't care, as long as you get your Coca-Cola at the right price, at the right time, at the right temperature, when you want it, that's all that counts. The, the value is delivered through a business, not through the entrepreneur. And that's the difference. The Next question. Uh, you want can, yeah. So sometimes I see when um, it's about the why you started the business. What's your reason for starting it? And uh, if one has left a job or a trade, working somewhere, and you've now gone and created a business doing the same thing, then what's merely happened is you've just recreated another job for yourself. Mm. And often that, that issue is in that context that I see, that the person's still in the technical mode, they just shifted working for themselves, versus hang on, I can build something big here, I have enjoyment out of it, I'm gonna make so many billion, whatever, the, whatever floats your boat. So that's also something to 
consider if you've transitioned into from a corporate into the similar kind of thing you run that danger we're going to have to take a break now uh, when we come back we're going to uh, have our final session with the live audience here in Johannesburg at the TSO Black Star Header. Welcome back to the Big Small Business Show. We are here live at the TSO Black Star head office here in Johannesburg, and we are here with an audience asking questions to the panel. We will go to you, ma'am. Thank you. It's Rona from Van Hoopen from Impact Financial Training Academy. I've got a very practical question for you. We are in the middle, we're a training company, and we're in the middle of a tender process. So currently, I know you can't do anything about the technicalities, but currently we reflect as tax compliant on the SARS website, but tax non-compliant on the CSD website, this uh, central supply database. So we've been struggling to sort it out, and we just keep butting our heads against the wall. And we feel that sometimes the SMEs are seen as being too small to really raise their voices. And on the other hand, you don't want to raise your voice because you want their business. What's your advice in terms of handling big players in the market, people with power in the market, to make sure that you don't get excluded from tenders and from deals just because of some technical difficulties? I'll hand that over to you, Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I would suggest a few things. First of all, don't frame it as big players and you hear, because it's a disempowering frame. It's just mm. stuff their size, they're just a counterparty to you, right? In, in this show we can say stuff. I was going to say something else, but anyway. <laughs> so the thing is, because it's a subconscious thing, but a very important one, because it puts you into a disempowered kind of mode, and that mm. consequently will affect the actions you take or don't take. So that's the, that's the first thing. The second, we're always in business, you're always having some kind of challenge or the other. So either we can solve it, delegate it to someone within your organization that can solve it, go down there, threaten to burn the place or whatever. You, or often the other thing that helps me is that I try and find help from a specialist or someone that's got experience. The big thing with us as entrepreneurs is our network. And that's a very valuable thing. If you just uh, make yourself vulnerable to reach out, not victim mode now, but just, hey, who's had experience in this? You'd be surprised, and um, someone can help. Often that's been a, a, the number one thing that's helped me in a particular technical area. So I would say those three things. I experienced a similar uh, challenge when I was registering for Central Database. And uh, there was a, a project that we were eyeing, and we needed to submit our documentation. And what I did, I called in the uh, central database people to tell them about the glitch or the hiccup that I'm experiencing. Along with that, I had a lot of emails that I, would, uh, I attached so that when I submit my application, it already has that trace of saying we are fixing the problem. And I also supplied 
the one that said I was compliant. So in that way, I didn't miss an opportunity while they were fixing the glitch. The only thing I want to add on to that is the tax ombudsman is right here in the building with us. <laughs> you should go to, to, to <laughs> that. Thank you, I did speak to you. Let's go to the next question. Hi, I'm Jessica. Um, one of the challenges I've seen that SMMEs actually face is accessing new markets. So I think I'd love to hear from the panel how, what kind of strategy should you develop to access new markets? I'm going to start with you. So. Yes. Um, depending on the kind of business that you are running, we will need to understand which market you want to penetrate or you want to access. Firstly, secondly, we need to understand what are the right tactics that you need to be using in order to be communicating the right message to the right audience. What we save, seem to do often as uh, entrepreneurs, we shoot and hope to hit the right spot. We need to really drill down in understanding who our market is and what is their language and how do they want to be communicated to. We fail to create the right content that is fits the market that we are we, uh, communicating to. We need to be able to test and have different tactics that we can test and measure and see which one is actually more successful. So in a way, you can find different ways in approaching the same market and see what the response in all different approaches. So the first thing in terms of uh, how can you do it, have a different approaches. It can be through a campaign, it can be through telling of the story, it can be through some uh, feedback from your clients and sharing some of the insight from your client and having maybe those clients mobilizing and being, becoming the ambassadors of your own brand. So there will be multiple ways, but at the end of the day, it boils down to say which one is the most suitable one for your company and who are you talking to and the language that they understand. Go. Uh, let me go. For me, uh, this is very pertinent for me right now because we're in a very big expansion phase. I think about it quite a bit. So first of all, just to, to also echo Pusiletto's uh, words around what is your market. Very often we make the mistake of actually thinking there's a market there and it's not because it sort of looks the same. And I've had experience where we've had two branches, one in CBD in Johannesburg and one um, in, in one of the suburbs and, and completely, you would think it's the Johannesburg market but completely different results uh, in, in two different areas within Johannesburg. So the minutiae does count. So if I give you four steps to, to think about, one is to research properly, once you understood what that market is and are aware, to research it very, very well in terms of going there and physically trying to understand it and not bringing your biases into into list how you're listening and be, have the courage to walk away if it doesn't um, meet, meet your needs. The second is what I do is soften up that market with communication to say we're coming. I always tell people we're coming. I, you know, yeah, we, we are on our way to your market. And you start to see if there's sort of some pre-demand in that market. The next is your first phase and then finally you settle in. So you go into sort of a low-cost entry into a market and then you sort of put your, your, your money where your mouth is after that. That's been my approach, there's different approaches. But Kumaran, we've... There's we've, no time. Uh, no, we've got quickly to, to wrap. Okay, yeah. so the two things is uh, knowledge where entrepreneurs struggle with is around understanding their finances and sales strategy. And so my first thing is 
always, it's got to be an ongoing, aggressive learning exercise around strategy and sales strategy. Because that's the first number in your business, sales. And the growth is also going to come from that. So you should be spending 70% of your time, 80% of your time, obsessing, thinking, getting help, researching, reading about it. Uh, if you're not attacking it with that level of effort, then you know, you're not going to solve it. The second thing is always two roots in strategy. You know, I'm thinking about the, the African wild dog and the cheetah. The cheetah, 120 second sprint, kills its animal. The African wild dog, over 24, 48 hours, it hunts it down. Both of them eat at the end of the day but it's two different ways to get there. So you don't have to copy someone else. Well, that's it uh, for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the new format that we have here. Loved having the audience, loved having the live questions. A big uh, thank you to the audience for your participation. And uh, that's it for today's show. Remember, if you think it, write it down and make it a reality. On the hour show this week, just coming, bringing this back to leadership as well. Do you think you're a better leader because of, of doing stand-up comedy? Do you think it's served you? I, I think it's very important as a leader to get out of your comfort zone and to try new things and to lead by example. So ask your customers to post a review or post a message on their social page to say, hey, I found this really great guy or I found this really great business. Do they do it? Do they actually do it? If you've satisfied people, if they're happy with your services, they'll gladly help you. Guys, come, come. This is how TV works. Let's do this properly. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's so nice when you're in trouble and not me in my ear. <laughs> All right. So we're back into intro and we're just normal intro. Yeah. It's the second episode now. Uh, okay. And normal uh, panel. We're doing, it won't be panel, instead of panel. Okay. Okay, good. All right. We can do that. You wouldn't okay. say he's been doing it for seven years, eh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. Uh, we are the show for entrepreneurs at every part of their entrepreneurial journey. And today we continue our live event here at the Tiso Blackstar headquarters where we are at the Big Small Business Show um, viewing at... Are you cutting? She's, look at that face. Look at that face. That's my camera there. Okay. That's okay. This is my better side. <laughs> right. So, which camera exactly? <laughs> Mid middle or left? The guy with the hands up at the back. Yeah, the that guy there. Well, I've got three lights in my eyes, so... Mm -hmm. Right. The courage to grow is business. The Big Small Business Show made possible by MTN Business, a new world of business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today.